So the chief churn crusher thing, my background is in academia. So when I didn't even know what customer success was, I was laid off from a job, 14 years in a qualitative research institute. I got laid off awful, December 23rd. <laughs> and that was my layoff date. I'm going into the Christmas holidays. I have no idea what I'm going to do. And I was always interested in helping people, learning more. But really what drove me into customer success was I had two really bad experiences, customer experience back to back. I was so devastated because I had followed, it was two individuals, you can call them gurus, and they really seemed like they could be helpful. It sounds like sales, like building up the product. Oh, it can do this. It can do this. And we're here to support you and all of that. And then once I became a customer, what ended up happening was it, it wasn't like that at all. Once I became a customer, the support wasn't there. The things I was promised never arrived. And in fact, I got told when I reached out to support and I was like, okay, I bought for this specific feature. Why is it not there? Oh, that was for another offer that we had. And your offer doesn't include that. And I was like, but I watched, <laughs> I went through the whole sales process. I was told very clearly I would have this. And then it never materialized. And I was so devastated because these price points, they were, they were $3,000 each, right? So it wasn't like some $10 product that I could be like, whatever, and that's what drove me eventually into customer success. I had the layoff and then I had those really two poor customer experiences. And I realized taking the skills that I have, there's this whole area of business called customer success that can help make customer experiences better at the same time driving better company outcomes. Spotlight. Your new customer success soundtrack from the heart of Canada, brought to you by CS in Focus. Hello, Anita. Thank you for joining us at CS in Focus today. Can you tell a little bit about yourself and what's your superpower? Absolutely. Hi, Emma. Happy to be here. My name's Anita Toth. I'm the Chief Churn Crusher at ATI, and we are a customer retention research strategy and education company that specializes in customer retention for SaaS leaders. And my superpower, I'm like a very curious person. So my superpower is asking questions. Love to ask questions. Wow. What is the most non-traditional skill that CSN need to know? I think it's just that based on asking better questions. Questions really, how am I going to say this? The types of questions we ask influence the types of responses we get. So you can ask somebody a question like, how was your day? Yeah, you're going to get some surface level answer. Or you can ask something like, hey, what was something surprising that happened today? Very different answers from the first one, how was your day to asking about something that they was unexpected, that was surprising, that they didn't expect in the day. One starts a conversation, which is the, the second one. 
And one just gives you a surface level answer that's really hard to, to go anywhere with. How was your day? Oh, my day was great. How was yours? Good. Now, where do we go with this? And because customer success is really about developing relationships, you want to have a better understanding of the types of questions you can ask to really get at the answers that you want so that you can better understand that particular customer and how you can help them, how you can serve them. And I also noticed there's a guide on your website about the the questions that CSM can ask. And there is about 45. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I did, I went to LinkedIn and I put up a post and I asked for CSMs and CS leaders to put up their, what are your favorite or best questions that you like to ask your customers to get that not only relationship going, but to get that deep understanding of, of your customers. And it was crazy. Like there were over, I can't even remember 120, 130 responses, something like that. It was a lot, like it was like this huge list of questions. So I went through and grouped them together and came out with a list of 45 best questions, best customer questions that a CSM can ask their customers. We can put the link in the show notes or you can, our website's ati.ac. So ati.ac, the AC stands for all customers because that's who we help you keep. Hey, isn't that good? (laughs) And there's the Canadian, eh? (laughs) And if you go under resources, you'll see that it's there. You don't need to give your email or anything. You can download it immediately, but super helpful to, because the, all the questions are, they're very specific and they are meant to get a under a more of a 360 degree view of the customer. So yeah, definitely check them out and then pick out your favorite and yeah, feel free to ping me over on LinkedIn and tell me, you know, which one you love to use if it's not in the list, because I'm always looking to update this too. What is your top one favorite where you see the overlap people ask the most? (sighs) I can't even because really the type of question you ask depends on what type of data you're trying to get. Mm -hmm. So even like whittling this down to 45 was hard because so you could have two questions that look very similar, but could come out with slightly different answers. And depending on those slightly different responses that you get, you might want to ask one over the other, depending on the situation. So this is why coming down to this 45, it's to really get that 360 degree view of the customer. And it asks things like not only what are company goals, but like that particular person that you're speaking to at that moment what are their personal goals? So you're getting these 45 questions asked at the company level and at the personal level of your customers. Because I think that's the part that's often forgotten is there's so much focus on what are the company goals? What are they trying to achieve that you forget? You're actually having a one-on-one relationship with a, a person. How can you help them be successful as well as helping the company be successful as well? You said mention ask that question early. How early were we talking about? I would say in on in that onboarding process, you want to get to know 
Now, I'm just going to put a tiny bit of a warning on here because you also want to ask that question again a little later on once you've gotten to know them because trust, we all give the surface level answers at first, which is good, right? Because we're not sure. But as you develop the relationship with the customer, you want to take that a step down. So maybe three months in, four months in, good time to ask that same question and see how the answer has changed. Yeah. And also with the things happening so fast, maybe the goals has been changed. Absolutely. I know. Yeah. And speaking of trends, what are you the most exciting trends you see right now in CS? I get so excited by AI. Oh my God. So excited. <laughs> AI. I think I think AI now it's in its infancy in many ways, at least coming into the business world. It's been around for a while. And true AI, we haven't quite hit yet. So really what we're talking about is the algorithms, patterns. That's where AI is right now. But I use it for things like writing templates. So email templates that like we talked about earlier right? If you have to reach out and you have a customer with a really negative sentiment, you could ask, I, I use chat GPT right now, but there's so many CS products that have AI underneath that's running them. But I went to chat GPT and asked it, how do you do this? So I give it the scenario. You're in, you're a CSM, tell it. Like this is the prompt that you would write in. You are a CSM who has an unhappy customer because of this. They are thinking they might want to leave. What are some things? Write me an email that I could send to that customer. Mm -hmm. Now, AI is not perfect. Chat GPT is not perfect. You need to go through and sometimes it will give the absolutely wrong answer. This is where you have to bring critical thinking in and look at what it writes and say, yeah, that I can work with that. It's not giving you the direct output, but it is giving you an idea. And then you can take that and you change that so that it's very specific to the customer. And then you can use that as a template. Those are the types of things then of there's plugins you can get for chat GPT as well that creates graphs and charts and all sorts of things. It can also do that. It can create task lists. It can, it's all, it can do all sorts of things, but you always have to realize that it is trained on data that is imperfect. So it is not going to give you the ideal perfect answer. You need to always question its responses and say, hmm, is that accurate? Maybe not. And then you use it as a basis for what you want to do. I see. Is there any particular tools? I know usually ChatGDP, but <laughs> other things you're hoping to use AI for in the CS sense? Uh, I don't know, Emma. And there are so many. Uh, yeah, yeah, there are people out there on LinkedIn that are doing that very specifically. I'll call out Mickey Powell at update.ai. That's their whole world. And it's very, so I know that their software is similar to Gong in that it, it will transcribe your discussions, but it gives you a summary as well of 
the highlights or key points during that meeting so that you're not furiously trying to either write or type notes while you're trying to listen and ask good questions. So there's definitely software out there, but I would start there. Follow Mickey on LinkedIn and uh, he, because that's what they do is they generate very specific outputs and he's got some really great ideas on what CSMs and CS leaders can do in leveraging AI to, to help them get better outcomes. Yeah. I'm also really fascinated by Clary. And oh, Clary I their, heard of that. So Clary is a forecasting, revenue forecasting tool, but also integrates with the conversation AI part, the everything, and is searching for revenue signals instead, right. holistically. So I think the churn signal, the health score, or what's transcribed from not just a CS conversation, but from the emails, from the sales rep or whatever. Awesome. All that together. So I love when we can use technology to, you know, align or actually really break down the, the silo. I hope that's yeah. where AI is helping us to go to. I, okay. I fully agree. And I have to say, again, the trend that I think is critical for customer success, we're seeing it all over, is for those silos to be broken down. Marketing, sales, and product, they have literally been around hundreds to hundreds of thousands of years. Who knows when product was actually created? I have something, I give it to you, you give me something back, there you go, we had a sale and a product, right? Modern, is it modern sales, modern marketing, at least 150 years. Yes. So they're not gonna change. It's on customer success leaders' responsibility to then break down those silos because they've been doing things the way they've been doing them for a very long time and, they, and there's no incentive for them to change. So with that, I was like, okay, so how am I going to, how am I going to do this? I, I don't know. I'm I like, I had to learn. I had to learn what customer success is. I come from an academic background. I, I don't understand how do SaaS companies work? What are all these metrics they're talking about? What I didn't know anything. So I had to dig through and learn. So I started this. Emma, you and I talking here, I listen to tons of these kinds of podcasts and webinars and Google searches. You know, what is churn? I didn't even know what churn was. Like, what is it? How do you measure it? And then I would go down these rabbit holes and get an understanding and I realized with um, the skill set I had that addressing churn was something that my skill set lent itself very well to. It was also a um, key business problem, which meant that companies then would be willing to pay to help deal with this problem or help them just not have so severe an issue with it. And so that's how I got into customer success and my chief churn crusher title, <laughs> I was like, okay, if I'm going to help with this churn thing, I don't want to just call myself a CEO or a founder of my company. I want to show in the title very quickly what we do and also attract the right people. And so if you don't know what churn is, then automatically it's, you're not going to be interested in what I have to say. So it's been, it was a really long process. It was hard. I will tell you coming from academia where things are very rigid and rigorous into business, 
having to learn about customer success, having to learn the difference. I Okay, here's one thing that took me a little while. The difference between customer success for enterprise and customer success for SMB. I didn't know that there was a difference because one is very high touch and very low churn rates, and that's enterprise, versus SMB is everything from digital to lower touch. And there's different language around this even and trying to figure out what are people calling this. And yeah, it took me quite a while. I would say before coming brand new into customer success, not having any idea what it was, and then having to learn about it, it took me probably, I'd say a good six, eight months before I started feeling comfortable enough that I'm like, yeah, this is now my world. But it took some time to get there. I have a question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So when you mentioned that churn, what is the process in a customer journey that people, the companies are underlooked that happens, the gap? So that's a, that's a really huge question. And I think the best way that I see it to explain about churn is that customer success is the end of a long process or short, but marketing and sales are definitely involved. Churn though is generally the responsibility of customer success. It it depends on the company, but for the, let's just say the majority of companies, customer success is responsible for reducing churn. The challenge is that the seeds of churn are often planted with marketing and sales. So by the time they become customers, customers often have expectations that may or may not be accurate for the customer, the post-sale customer journey. They may have, like my experience, promised things that once they become a customer, you learn, oh, wait a minute, I don't get that, or that's not part of the plan, or that that I purchased, or, or whatever it is. And so customer success has a very big challenge. So the long-term challenge is breaking down the silos between customer success, marketing, and sales so that these customer expectations, sales not selling features that are unavailable, that those over time, you can work with marketing and sales and develop a good enough relationship that what they do changes so that once customers become customers, they're not, their expectations aren't out of whack. They're not being promised things that they will not get. And that's long-term. Short-term though, and what customer success leaders can do and CSMs is focus a lot on the onboarding process. So when, just think of like yourself, when you buy something new, usually emotionally, you're fairly high, unless it's something that's an absolute emergency, like your house flooded, and now you have to go get services to fix up your house. That's generally not what SaaS companies are. They're not there to fight those kinds of fires mm-hmm. or floods. So generally, when you purchase new software, you're feeling hopeful. You're feeling maybe a little excited that, hey, this can solve this problem for me or help me make things better in my life, whatever it is, or help me hit this goal. So I want you to picture like a graph with an emotional peak, right? You're at the top. Now, when you become a customer right at that peak, 
if those emotions aren't managed well, and this is that onboarding process, the responsibility of CSMs and CS leaders to make happen, then quickly customers can go from being excited and hopeful to regretting that they purchased. Mm -hmm. So it's called buyer's remorse. And we've all had it from small items that you've purchased where you regretted purchasing it to even really big ones. Sometimes you regret purchasing your car or your house or whatever it is. So churn is actually um, driven by emotions. And this is the one thing that we focus so much on business, on rationality. Oh, it's these are the reasons. But really, we are... The reason why we stay with a company and the reason why we leave is emotionally driven first. Secondly, you justify then with reason. It's too expensive. It's too hard. I don't understand it. I don't like this. That Those are the rational reasons for churn versus the emotional, which are those expectations that weren't met whether it's those features that that don't arrive, won't arrive, or even just how they expected to be treated as a customer. There's a big difference in the onboarding process where you really feel welcome, reassured you made the right decision, that it feels like the company wants you there. That's very different than, and we've all had it, where you become a customer and you're just left on your own. There's hardly any communication or the communication's poor. You don't know what to do next. So what do you feel? Lost? Then you start thinking, maybe this wasn't a good, maybe I shouldn't have bought this product. Those are those emotional drivers that need to come into the onboarding process. And CSMs, of course, can help that in, in, realizing that very early in onboarding, you're really there to reassure the customer that they made the right decision to buy. That's really what you're there to do. Then you can start dealing with the expectations they have. Make sure that if they are out of line, how can you bring them in line? And the more you do those things, especially very early in onboarding, the less likely they are to churn, even if they've been sold. (laughs) features that are never on the roadmap or way down there, even if their expectations are way out of line, if you can reassure them that they made the right choice to buy and that you are there with them and their expectations might be out of whack, but these are the expectations that are realistic. And then, hey, look at the great outcomes. We can help companies that have their expectations in line as you build out that success plan with them. It's interesting you mentioned this in our recent um, CS in Focus community. Somebody asked, what if the customer's promise feature was never on the roadmap? How do you communicate that? And what sort of responses did they get? The CSM is hard. It's having some troubles or how to communicate that disappointment or how to manage expectation. Maybe say it that way. Yeah, when the customer is asking for a feature, but this is probably not on a roadmap yet or something's happening. First of all, I'll say it's hard. It's hard to do that. 
when somebody is like in a negative emotional state, such as disappointment or frustration, it's hard. And there's two answers to this. One is sometimes that's where they choose to stay. And that really is a choice for them, how they want to respond to what your actions are. But the best thing you can do is try to listen. And it's, it's your typical thing like you would do with kids, right? When they get hurt, you can either discount it and be like, oh, just suck it up. You're fine. And you can say, oh, yeah, that looks like that would hurt or you must feel terrible or just acknowledging their feelings, first of all, like that is where they are emotionally. Just acknowledge it, first of all, without being patronizing or flippant. Like you got to be careful, especially if it's in text when you're writing with the same sentence, depending on the reader's mood can be read in two different ways. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is to let them know that this may not be the ideal situation or what they choose chose to buy, or sorry, not that they chose to buy. This might not be the ideal situation and that yes, what feature it is that they wanted might not be available yet. And then you lead them on, this is what we can do instead. And then apologize, full out, just say, we're sorry because somewhere along the line, that expectation was put in their heads and it can be done intentionally. So the salesperson selling and saying, oh yeah, for sure. That's coming two months. We'll have it. And meanwhile, it's a year and a half away sort of thing. So it can, the expectation can come that way. But the second way an expectation can come is by not saying anything. So they just infer They've gone through, they've engaged with your marketing material, the content, maybe they've spoken with sales, maybe they haven't because some are self-serve where you just go from marketing straight to a sale. Somehow they've inferred this. And I see that as the company's responsibility then to be very clear, to try to really help set those customer expectations. So apologize for it, even if it's not your fault right? Because it's usually upstream in marketing and sales. But again, these become opportunities. Remember I said about long-term churn reduction. How do you do that? This customer success leader then has to start working with marketing and sales and saying, hey, early on in onboarding, (laughs) this is what we're hearing. And we're hearing this consistently. Yes. So that's coming from marketing and sales, but that's up to the CSM to address at a personal level with the customer, then it's the responsibility of the CSM to take that to the CS leader. That's the responsibility of the CS leader to break down those silos between marketing and sales to make for a better customer journey, happier customers, because now their expectations are much more in line. And then of course, what do you get? You get better fit customers at the end who are less likely to churn. Yes. There, there was a feedback that I think was really good is never promise a timeline. Don't- Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great one. What else did they say with that? It's, it says, oh, it's coming in two weeks, which is wrong. We know how products, there are sprints, but not always. There's bugs afterwards and all that. Yeah. And just really be clear about setting the, re- expecting, like resetting the expectation again, like you just mentioned. Is yeah. back to CS leader to realign with sales and marketing 
break down the silos. Yeah. Yep. That's really, that's, I think that's the key of all of this is customer success is literally a goldmine of customer insights. It's valuable to the rest of the company. I think the biggest challenge of customer success, and this is one thing I'm starting to see trending more and more is around the responsibility of customer success leaders to break down those silos and take the goldmine of information that their customer insights of information or data that they're sitting on and start helping other teams in the company with that information. Because sales, they're very, they're focused on a specific slice, right? Versus customer success is focused on a really big piece, depending on how long that relationship with the customer will last. So needs change. The customer changes, their goals change. So customer success has all of that. Whereas sales only gets before they become a customer, what their challenges are at that point, but that changes once they become a customer, right? There's also another suggestion is that when we emerge insights, which is change the language, it's like, how this information benefits you? And they're more likely to listen and be aligned, not just I'm bringing this problem to you, help me fix it. Okay, this is what the customer said. I see this, help, how it helped to you. So that Absolutely. Was a- if you can, so even as a customer success leader, so this is one of the things we do with our clients who are, who are CS leaders come to us. Usually it's around validating hypothesis they have about why customers are churning or why they're challenged with increasing retention. Or even if they're looking around expansion, one of the things we do is teach them how to break down those silos with the customer data they have. And I'll say it right now, that is understanding whatever that functional leader, that person, so whether it's product marketing and sales, those are the three we focus on, understanding A, what metrics are important to them? So what are they comped on? And then aligning your customer data that you have to help them with those metrics because it matters to them. They're going to listen. If you can help reduce their customer acquisition costs, like for marketing, they're going to listen because they're often comped on on that or something similar to that because every company is a little different. That's that's how you get buy-in. Versus just saying, hey, I have this data and I think it would be helpful for you. If you can make that connection, and that might mean that you find a marketer from somewhere else and ask them, hey, what would be the best way for me to take this data I have to be able to, essentially, you're pitching to your marketing leader to get buy-in to change the their processes so that at the end, you get better fit customers. So really, it's a pitch. And what better way to do it is, like you said, Emma, tailor it very specifically to them. Yep. I like- mm-hmm. Oh, what advice would you give to emerging leaders who want to step up their game in CS? Ooh, that's a great question. I So in talking about breaking down silos... I think the biggest thing is understanding how businesses run. What's driving them? What metrics matter? Again, product, marketing, sales for the CEO. What's the, how can the CFO 
you develop a better relationship with them, understand what their key drivers are. If you have a COO, all of these people, it's understanding business better and the key metrics that matter to those particular team leads or functional leaders, if you, if that's a, a better language, that's what I would say. Learn business, learn the language of business, learn what drives business, learn how decisions are made at the mm-hmm. executive level. Because if you're wanting to move up from a CSM to a CS leader, that's the language you're now going to be speaking is the language of business. What is the one piece of advice you would give our audience in CSM Focus? I think just like with anything, when you're learning something new, whether it's you're looking to move up as a CS leader, whether you're a CS leader looking to break silos, whether you're a brand new CSM or you're looking to enter into customer success, it's be gentle on yourself. It's really, I think we're people who are on the post-sale side where we so want to help. We want to get these skills up and running very quickly. I think we tend to be a little hard on ourselves sometimes when it's not all clicking into place super fast and just be gentle. Like it took me a long time to understand and get to the I feel comfortable with what I know, but in the beginning, I I certainly didn't either. And just be gentle on yourself. And where would you like the people to find you? Have more questions. So my second favorite place to hang out online besides Netflix is LinkedIn. (laughs) So you can go meet me over there on LinkedIn. You can follow me. You can also connect with me over there. Feel free to tell me what you thought was interesting in this discussion that uh, you and I had today. And the other place, of course, is an ATI.ac. So AC standing for all customers, because that's who we help you retain. And if you go to that resources tab at the top, there's all sorts of different downloads that you can take, including the one we talked about, which are those 45 best customer questions a CSM can ask. Definitely have a look at those. And and if you have ones that you love, questions you love to ask that aren't on that list, just again, hit me up on LinkedIn and tell me about it because I'm always looking to, to add to this list because I want this to be a great resource for people so that they can get that deeper customer data or deeper customer insights that they're looking for. Thank you so much, Tanita. Jeff recently wrote something on LinkedIn describing CSM is actually the middle child. Have you heard the show Brandy Rose? No. The oldest child is like a sales marketing. They get all the attention. Product is the youngest child, which is we need your baby because they're still young. (laughs) And then CSM left with the middle child. What do you take on that? That's fascinating. I never thought of it like that. I could see that because what often happens to middle children is they're forgotten in say whatever the oldest is dealing with and whatever the youngest is dealing with. I could see that. I can definitely see that, which is again, why I think it's in the responsibility of customer success leaders to stand up and break down those silos because that sort of middle child forgotten over there, not causing problems, it means that then you're not getting the attention. But yet customer mm-hmm. success, like literally is sitting on a gold mine of customer insights data 
that could really flip from, I don't want to say being a middle child, but it can definitely suddenly put the spotlight on customer success in a positive way in a company. If you can leverage that data and break down those silos to help the older child and the younger child or older children and the younger children, then having that spotlight is it's going to really change things. And I think I love that. I actually really like that. I hadn't heard it. So I'm, I'm so glad you raised it. Yeah. And you mentioned this spotlight. This is the reason why we're having this podcast. We want to put spotlight on CS. We want to put spotlight on, on Canadian CS too. Yay! <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you for allowing me to be in the spotlight for this time that we spent together. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm really happy as Canadians. We're a small, we're a very small proportion of the global CS community, but hey, we've got great people here who need to be celebrated. Thank you, Nita. Thanks, Emma. See ya. Yeah. Wherever we go, we always have CS in focus. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to check out our community at csinfocus.com. If any topics you'd like to explore further, let us know.